Keeping the faith, the faith in the family. Keeping the family in the faith. The scripture is perfect and applicable. The more that we study, the more biblical. Our lives can become, it can even be fun, so long as the truth is our prize. O Lord of all, make us holy and wise. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Faith and Family Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Muniak. My wife is Elaine Muniak. Hi, honey. Hello. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about a very important and sensitive topic. Very controversial. Very controversial, yes. The topic of abortion. Mm -hmm. Is it right? Is it wrong? What does the Bible say about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and... We wanted to kind of uh, wait a little while before we did a show like this. We didn't want to shock our viewers right away with a message um, that was going to be very uh, difficult. Mm -hmm. um, there's all different sides, even among uh, church members. So Yeah, that's right. There are, oddly enough, there are many churches, not just the, the supposed Christians inside, but many churches these days are saying that abortion is okay. Mm -hmm. And that the Lord blesses it. So it's very important that we talk about a subject like this and really ultimately discuss what the Bible says about it because yes. that's most important. We stand on Scripture. That's um, one thing that hopefully is clear in our radio show, that Scripture is our guide. Um, if there's any way that we're not in alignment, please let us know and show us the Scriptures, and we will prayerfully consider it. Yes. So... Just as our opening song says, mm -hmm. Oh Amen. Lord, make us holy and wise. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie Atala, for that wonderful intro song. Now, Ryan, what has your take been on abortion? Um, have you always been, uh, quote-unquote, pro-life? Or what was your stance when you were younger? Hmm. Well, before I was saved, I basically thought of abortion as birth control as emergency contraception if a girl that i was with were to get pregnant i thought i'll just send her to the abortion clinic i, I didn't think anything of it but you're also a frugal guy so did the cost bother you a little bit make you hesitate hadn't thought about that yeah because uh i know it it may have solved supposedly solved your problem but i also know that you're a uh, you're a little of a penny pincher, so. Yeah, definitely a penny pincher, as you say, or frugal. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't think that would have affected it, your decision back then? Not in the moment. No, ha had that situation come up, I would have been really kicking myself and been saying, "Next time, I'll Rap. take better precautions." Mm -hmm. Do you think? you would have sought any sort of counsel before making a decision like that? Or do you think you would have just said right then and there, go get an abortion? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I would have sought counsel regarding it because I would, you know, the whole purpose for doing that would be to hide mm -hmm. the sin that I had committed. Mm -hmm. Now, after salvation, I, you know, still didn't really think about mm. the issue of abortion, but when it did come up, all of a sudden my mind was changed on it and I felt that was wrong. Mm. So. 
What about you, honey? What what ha- what were your thoughts regarding abortion, pre-salvation, post-salvation? Okay. Well, uh, I would have considered myself pro-life before salvation in the sense that I had no intention to abort if I got pregnant. But in hindsight, looking back at different relationships I had and the desire to please those people... I could see myself buckling simply in response to pressure. Um, So that's kind of where I stood then. I didn't think abortion was right, but I probably would have gone through with it if I wanted to stay in that relationship and was pressured. Uh, But once I became saved, it narrowed down a little bit more for me that abortion was wrong, but I didn't take a stance on things like rape. Um, mm-hmm. or the mother's life in jeopardy, you know, is that, I mean, it, it's, it's a important question that we have to ask is what about these situations? Cause these aren't normal circumstances where a woman's being irresponsible and gets pregnant. But what really, um, drove me to being completely pro-life in all circumstances, I mean, ultimately it's the Lord, but having solid Christian resources to turn to that really answered objections very biblically and squashed any sort of argument I may have thought was reasonable. Um, One of those resources was the 180 movie. Yes, 180, produced by Living Waters, Ray Comfort. Mm -hmm. That movie, you know, that really got us thinking seriously about the issue of abortion. You know, before we saw it, we... You know, we both said, yeah, abortion's wrong, but we never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just an issue that didn't come up. Yes. And it changed from being something that maybe we thought about very rarely to something that we wanted to fight for was the life of the unbo- unborn. So it impacted us not only in our personal lives, but in wanting to uh, help others, uh, you know, the, the unborn, the unborn children and the uh, mothers involved. Mm-hmm. And that's one area that a lot of people can get distracted with is, you know, when they finally realize how big a problem abortion is, mm-hmm. they will start to attack the abortion problem. But that's not the main problem. The main problem is sin. The main problem is their uh, people need the gospel they need jesus christ that's right and i think even you and me at a at a time we got distracted and were really focused more on the abortion issue rather than the gospel Mm -hmm. and it's hard not to when you think of the little lives that are at stake and they're so valuable i mean god's word says so but if you talk a woman out of an abortion, she's still going to die and go to hell if she doesn't turn from her sin and trust in Christ. And also, if she hasn't had her heart changed, transformed by a work of God, then who's to say she's not going to be in another situation like that and come right back to the clinic? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now, say you share the gospel with her and she gets saved. Then she, you know, God will change her heart, give her a new heart with new desires. She'll be a new creature in Christ. Mm -hmm. And she will innately know that that is wrong, that she should not do that. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean she won't do that? No, it doesn't mean she won't do that. 
it's not impossible for her to do that. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, that, that goes into a whole different category of sanctification mm-hmm. uh, or growing in holiness. And, you know, the fact that we are still in our sinful flesh, even though we're saved, we're not perfect. We still uh, succumb to sin, but she is more likely to turn away at that point and not go back. So I would say share the gospel, but you know, as a secondary point, tell her, hey, abortion is wrong. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a great segue to the gospel because uh, one of the Ten Commandments is you shall not murder. And that is what they're doing. Whether they want to admit it out loud or not, I think their conscience will convict them if we proclaim God's truth And then when they've been convicted of their sin, hit them with the gospel. Amen. So if you haven't realized or noticed, we're in a different location than the previous episodes to record our show today. And it may sound a bit echoey. That's because we are in the Muniac Castle Dungeon. Otherwise known as our radio studio in the basement. (laughs) Yes. We... All right, I'll be honest. Uh, I am lazy. <laughs> and I got tired of having to take an hour to set everything up and an, an hour to tear everything down so that the kids wouldn't mess with it, you know, throughout the week when we're not recording. Well, honey, how long did it take you to set this up tonight? Hush. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, again, there there is an echo issue uh, because we are in the basement and I took some time to try and pad the room with mattresses and clothing and blankets and sheets all over the place. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There there will definitely not be any behind the scenes videos or pictures be, being done mm-hmm. in, in this room uh, just because it looks horrible right now. But hopefully uh, someday soon the Lord would allow us to purchase real sound deadening material and make this place sound good mm-hmm. until we can move officially to our new radio studio over by the mm-hmm. church. So honey, if you want to pray a prayer and claim that for us, that victory where we get that fancy studio and that nice little Cadillac that'll drive us over there. I mean, Hey, you go right ahead. You can have the Cadillac. I want me a Dodge. <laughs> Dodge Charger. This is Faith and Family Radio. Go to faithfamilyradio.com for more episodes. The good news is Striving for Eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting scripture. The bad news is somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 29.11 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. 
And we're back at Faith and Family Radio. We're talking about abortion today. And one of the things we are seeing so much of these days is women who are choosing to abort because of development problems. Problems like Down syndrome or physical disabilities. Exactly. And in particular, in Latin America, there's this Zika virus that's broken out. And these women are contracting it, getting pregnant, and then they're afraid that their children are going to have an abnormality, a deformity. And so they're trying to get abortion pills over there. They're desperate for abortion pills. They don't want to bring up a a child like that. And now over in Latin America, abortions are much more hard to come by than here in America. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It is very hard to come by. And and that's why these women are so desperate is the they can't just walk and get an abortion pill at the local store, I'm assuming. Mm. Well, good. (laughs) So these women, they're they're trying to get an abortion because of this Zika virus. Mm-hmm. Now, the you said the Zika virus, it causes abnormalities in the child, in, in, in the baby. Mm-hmm. The um, Honey, you know the technical term. You remember Jackson on my Facebook page? It's that condition. The, the microcephaly? Yes, that's what the Zika virus is causing in these children. And so um, mothers, rather than bringing up a child with this uh, disease? disease, want to abort. Okay. So it sounds to me like it's out of convenience. They they don't want to have the the tough baby or, or the the hard case. Well, let me read you a quote I found from the website from one of the moms themselves. What what website is that? This is thinkprogress.org that this uh web uh, this article is at. Okay. And we'll have the link in the show notes yes. at faithfamilyradio.com. Exactly. The the mother says, "I contracted Zika 4 days ago. I just found out I'm about 6 weeks pregnant." I have a son I love dearly. I love children, but I don't believe it is a wise decision to keep a baby who will suffer. I need an abortion. I don't know who to turn to. Please help me ASAP. Okay. So how should we, as gospel proclaimers, how should we talk to this woman? Should we say, oh, man, I really understand. Go ahead and and have that abortion. No, I think there are too many Christians that won't necessarily support abortion, but are silent when their loved ones bring it up. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't want to be confrontational. They don't want to appear judgmental. And that doesn't help anybody. I think in that quote, the lady, she, the, the key issue there was, I don't want a baby that suffers. Is that how she put it? She doesn't believe it's a wise decision to keep a baby that will end up suffering okay and what is to say who is she to be the judge of whether or not that child's going to suffer Mm -hmm. not only that but due to the fall from adam and eve we are in a world filled with suffering Mm -hmm. every single one of us suffers in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. why is she the judge over how much suffering allows a child to continue life is it just because the child's poor? Is it because the child's going to have a brain defect? Is it because the child's born with Down syndrome? Is it because the child's a quadriplegic? Mm-hmm. You know, what what's the level? What of defines suffering? suffering yeah. Too, um, and you're right. Uh, we have such a 
varied standard, I think, that varies from person to person on what is acceptable to maintain life. And that is why we are seeing babies being aborted. We're seeing the elderly being euthanized. Mm. We are seeing doctors giving patients suicide pills instead of trying to preserve life. They are encouraging the end of life. And it's all because of quote unquote quality of life. Mm -hmm. And they always try to put it on the person they're killing for their quality of life. But really it's for the person that's doing the murdering Mm -hmm. quality of life that they're worried about, that they're concerned about. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what you see, you know, when you go outside of an abortion clinic and you're preaching the gospel, they're there for convenience. Mm -hmm. They're not there for necessity. They're not there because they actually care about the child they're about to murder. They're there because they care about their own lives. One of the saddest things, though, is that these people who are aborting children with like mental disabilities don't realize just how much they enhance the lives of parents who keep those children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my stepsister has Down syndrome, and she is one of the sweetest, nicest girls I know. With the exception of you, my darling. <laughs> I, she, is, she is really sweet. She's a, it's hard not to love her, you know? Yes. I, I love her so much. And the fact that she has Down syndrome is a, a, a side note, an mm-hmm. asterisk to her life. Mm-hmm. It's like, this wonderful girl, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, she has Down syndrome. Who cares? Mm-hmm. She doesn't let, her, let it stop her from having a, a great life. And they are so loving. Yes. I have noticed that about Down syndrome uh, children, adults. They have such joyful spirits and they are so, they're just love bugs. And I love that. Mm. So it, it really is the parents who are aborting these children that are missing out on just a wonderful opportunity to raise a child like that. You better believe it. Now, talking about abortion, We've seen recently with all the presidential debates going on that the topic of abortion has come up. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, Donald Trump has threatened to sue Ted Cruz for some type of ad mm-hmm. that he put together to, I don't want to say attack Donald Trump, but to, to call him out, to call him out, to, to, on a stance to for abortion. show the truth of Donald Trump's position regarding abortion mm-hmm. right exactly and you know that's one of the things i love about cruz and why i keep watching him and leaning more and more towards him is just how he's willing to call people out when he catches them doing something contrary to what they are proclaiming and he's done this with trump and trump is not happy about it uh he has an ad out there and by the way this isn't cruz talking about trump he is using trump footage of trump talking so it's not you know trump is threatened to sue for defamation and he's what is he gonna sue himself (laughs) like (laughs) how dare i talk about myself in such a fashion i didn't i didn't say that (laughs) you know i mean it's just ludicrous and and cruz has even uh, said as much that this is a a case that if donald were to attempt it would be thrown out so fast it would make his head spin so Mm. (laughs) love Cruz, by the way team Cruz all the way (laughs) not that we endorse any presidential candidates but right because we are part of the 501c3 
with Christian Collegiate Network. So we can't officially, <laughs> uh, as a ministry, endorse any candidate. Mm. But we do have our personal preferences. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anywho, moving past. The <laughs> if you want to see the advertisement uh, that is the topic of debate, uh, go to the show notes at faithfamilyradio.com. We'll make sure to have a link up there for you. Right. What else has been going on in the news regarding the topic of abortion, honey? Well, you know what I have found so shocking is when we first started getting into the pro-life movement and reading articles, I heard a lot of stories about women who regretted their abortion coming out. That was a big thing. Mm-hmm. But lately, I'm seeing a rise of women speaking out about their abortion experiences in a positive way now. And that, to me, is kind of scary that they're not only having these abortions, but they're being boastful and prideful about it um, and encouraging others to go and have an abortion by by doing this. Mm, that is, that's very sad. I, I it, it almost makes you like, what in the world? You know, you're, you're like smacking your head. Like, why do they even think of such things like that? Mm-hmm. That And there are even women who are out there, um, extreme feminist women, who will acknowledge, yes, I am killing my baby, so what? So we got to be careful when we just try and argue that, you know, we don't want them to kill their baby. I mean, obviously, we don't want that. Mm -hmm. But there are women who are going in there, and whether they will admit it outwardly or not, they know exactly what's going on. They know that they are in there ending the life of their child. Mm -hmm. And that's... A pet peeve of mine is that people will talk about the women that are going in for the abortions like they're victims. Mm-hmm. No, they, they really aren't. I mean, unless they are being forced by their boyfriend, their husband, their family to have that abortion. Which and, we've heard cases of that. And- right. And that I understand that they are victims. But the women who are going in there, like you said, yes, I know I'm murdering uh, my child, I don't care. They're not victims. They're murderers. Mm-hmm. And we need to call them as such. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back on the Faith and Family Radio Show. This abortion in and of itself is a curse on our nation. It is a judgment. God has put on us a blindness and a stupidity where we don't even s- step up and speak out against this. I'm talking about the church. Amen. Where is the church? So the Bible's clear that you shall not murder and God hates hands that shed innocent blood and we should rescue those being you know, led to the slaughter. You would think with the hundreds of churches in the surrounding areas that you'd have a few more people called to save babies that are threatened with death. I'm going to the church that's across the street from the abortion clinic. You know, I really just want to see what they what they say. And as part of your missions program, has there been any organized outreach towards pro-life issues or going out to abortion clinics or anything like that? No. That's not something that I know the church's stance on. Do you know that there's an abortion clinic right across the street from me? Yeah. No. Go stand in front of the abortion clinic, hold signs. I don't even have to say anything. It's not a a comfortable ministry. You're not going to be thought well of by the neighbors around or the the staff of the abortion clinic. Why does my daughter have to see that? That's disgusting. I'm not killing my baby, so it doesn't matter. You're going to have the ladies that are yelling at you. Most of these women walking in the building, cussing you out. 
Right here at this abortion clinic, they advertise on their website that there's no protesters, so the ladies can feel safe when they come, and that's no more. We're gonna end it now. Your secret is out. The people of this neighborhood will know that you shed innocent blood here, and you sit back and laugh as the registered king turned from the blood money that you have clenched in your fist. Watch the film at babiesaremurderedhere.com. You're listening to the Faith and Family Radio Show with my mommy and daddy, Elaine and Ryan Uniac. Welcome back to the Faith and Family Radio Show with Ryan and Elaine. That is correct. <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping you would mention the website. Oh, visit us at faithfamilyradio.com. Or check us out on Facebook or Twitter. And occasionally on Blab for a live show. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> We've it, had some people come and watch, though, so hey. Yeah, it, it's fun. I, I love doing the live show because we get to actually interact with other people besides ourselves, and they get to see our, our quirkiness in real time yes. without editing, which but, there is a lot of on this show. <laughs> But then we have to share the spotlight. I'm used to that. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> we're talking about abortion today. It's a very serious, we, we joke, but it's a very serious subject. Now, is abortion ever justifiable? Is there ever a circumstance where it is okay to abort your baby? Ryan? My baby, no. Your baby, maybe, no. <laughs> no, uh, again, we we joke, but we need to be serious. Yes. In regards to the topic of abortion, you know, there are a lot of questions or objections to saying no go on abortion. Mm -hmm. And some of these, you know, are questions like is abortion ever justified? Mm -hmm. You know, well, my question or my response to that would be to rephrase the question and I would pose it back to the person asking and I would say, is murder ever justified? And they would typically respond with, oh, well, in self-defense. Okay, but that's not murder. That's self-defense. That's defending yourself and the person dies it's in not, the process. It's not cold-blooded killing for your own sake. Right. For your own pleasure or whatever the reason. Yeah. Right. It uh, is very different murder versus justice mm -hmm. versus self-defense and... Versus killing. Killing and murder are two very different things. Mm -hmm. So one of the big arguments of it being a justifiable case is rape and incest. And some women will try, and especially if you try and talk with them, Ryan, because you just have a way with women... Uh, we'll get upset, you know, saying, you mean to tell me that if a woman is raped, she didn't choose to get pregnant, she has to keep her that baby? Mm. Yeah, I'm having fond memories of my time in New York City last summer with Christian Collegiate Network for Repentant Witness when we did an open-air question and answer session, uh, aired it on Witness Talk Radio uh, back in August. And for about half of that uh, session, that open air session, half of it revolved around the topic of abortion because that's how we started the open air session was talking about abortion. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these questions came up and rape and incest. Now, 
I don't remember exactly what my response was there, but my general response for this objection is murder is always wrong. Mm -hmm. No matter what happened, Mm -hmm. it's always wrong. If you were raped, it's a horrible thing. Yes. And, you know, there there are many people and places willing to help you to cope with that. Mm-hmm. But murdering your unborn child will not help you in any way, shape, or form. No, I saw... A... And I do say it's your child because it is yours. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't plan on it, it's still yours. Yes. There's actually a video online, and I'll have to put it in the show notes, that uh, had a woman speaking... And she says that rape is a tragedy, but we do not add a tragedy to a tragedy. That is not how we get over a tragedy. And so we need to remember that, yes, rape is a horrible thing. We do not in any way want to downplay that. But murder will add another victim to the problem. It will not solve anything. That's right. It will only cause more heartache. And I've heard Ray Comfort bring up this, talking about this objection. He, he brings up this argument. He says, why would you punish the child mm-hmm. for the crime of the father? Exactly. I mean, can you imagine if we took that to other levels? <laughs> I mean, if any time one of our parents screwed up, we had to pay for it. Right. That doesn't seem very uh, just. Yeah. So, for example, honey, say you decided to get drunk and go driving around and got a DUI. Mm -hmm. Instead of you being punished for it, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go take Sarah and throw her behind bars Mm -hmm. for two years and make sure that she can't get a license when she's actually old enough to have a license. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense. No, especially since she's four. So, being in a prison, she would... She would not fare too well. <laughs> the tiniest person in there. <laughs> right. But anyway, no, I get your I get your point and it is it's it's ridiculous. Um what about if the mother's life is at risk? Now, I want to preface this by saying that I have heard many pediatricians, former abortionists who have spoken and have said that the woman's life is never at risk to the point where she would need to have an abortion. Mm. The only case where it is ever an issue, a serious issue like that, I would say is an ectopic pregnancy. Mm. And in that case, you go to the hospital and there are things they can do to help. I believe Mark Spence, Mm -hmm. his wife had an ectopic pregnancy that she was able to carry two terms to term. And there are many other women who have been able to do just that as well. Yeah. So, no, I I agree with those people that say the woman's life is never in jeopardy to the point where they can't attempt to save both lives. Mm -hmm. Are there hard cases where only one or both die? Yeah. But you don't try to kill one person to save another person. You don't murder one to save another. No, I heard a former abortionist say, in those cases, you deliver the baby. Um, Because most complications occur later in the pregnancy, actually. Mm. Um, So in those circumstances, uh, after I believe it's 20, 21 weeks at least, the baby has a shot at life. So the doctor's role in that 
uh, circumstances not to kill the baby, but to deliver it mm. and then to treat it and try and sustain life. And if the baby dies, um, that's an unfortunate circumstance, but at least the child wasn't murdered. Right. Yeah. We're, we're while it's a sad situation, you know, we're, we're not against trying to save both lives and one life ceasing. Yes. What we're against is murder. And there is a difference. There's a difference between delivering a baby and it dying versus delivering a dead baby because it was murdered. And that brings up a, another objection that I've heard all the time is, well, what about miscarriage? Isn't that the same thing? You know, miscarriage versus abortion. What are your thoughts? I don't even like that people use abortion sometimes to describe miscarriage. I know it's supposed to be the technical term, but because we've associated abortion as something completely different, I don't even like the association. But it is different. A, a miscarriage is when it's typically it's a wanted pregnancy for one. Mm -hmm. And it's a, an issue of a woman who has, whatever for whatever reason, lost the baby. The baby has not since sustained life in the womb and it uh, comes out in a miscarriage. And abortion is an act of murdering your child based on convenience. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's total, it's apples and oranges, really. Right. And- you know, we see that miscarriage, that happens naturally. Yes. I mean, without talking about, you know, how God is the author and finisher of, of life in general. Uh, you know, uh, abortion is man-made. Abortion is something that, that we cause, whereas miscarriage is something that happens. Mm. Which brings us to um, another good question. What if the baby... You go to the doctor and the ultrasound says that there's no heartbeat, there's no brain activity, the baby is reported to be dead, or the doctor reports that the child is in such bad condition based on the ultrasound results that it won't make it after birth. Mm. At that point, you know, if, if the baby is showing to not have a heartbeat or is basically showing as dead on an ultrasound, uh, you know, that would be considered a miscarriage, you know, if, if the child is dead. Uh, if the child is actually alive, um, you know, if, if there's just complications where the heartbeat has stopped, the doctors and nurses should be trying to save that baby mm -hmm. and get that baby out of there to help the heartbeat come back and whatnot. I think we had an issue with Benjamin when he was being born where his heartbeat dropped really low. And did the doctors and nurses say, okay, well, we should just abort this child. No, they, they started working hard to get that baby out so that they could help Benjamin, so that they could help with the life of Benjamin. We'll be right back with more Faith and Family Radio. Cannibalism is okay as long as you're not actually hurting somebody. Wouldn't eating someone hurt them? I'm trying to do the best I can. There's only one way to have your sins forgiven. As born-again Christians, part of our duty is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or have never witnessed before, Witness Radio has something for you. Tune in next time to strengthen your faith and learn how to defend it. Go to witnesstalkradio.org. That's witnesstalkradio.org. There are things that cause the heart to wonder. Awe-inspiring things that can't be explained. That you never thought you would see. 
After more than 4,000 years, it's your moment to encounter the Ark. The voyage begins again, July 7. Ohio Fire is coming to Columbus, Ohio, April 8th and 9th. Hosted by Striving for Eternity Ministries, Ohio Fire will encourage and train Christians to mature in their faith and share the gospel with the lost. Hear Phil Johnson and Dr. Thomas White on the topic, the Word of God. And after the conference, you'll have a chance to hit the streets of Columbus with trained team leaders. Ohio Fire, April 8th and 9th. For details and to register, go to ohiofire.org. And we're back at Faith and Family Radio. We're talking about abortion today. Very, very controversial subject. A lot of different opinions. But what does the Bible have to say? When does life begin? Well, let's go to the scriptures and find out. Yes. And, you know, we see all throughout scripture that God considers life before a person is born. Yes. You know, Psalm 139 talks about uh, starting in verse 13 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Mm -hmm. So every life is a precious life that has been created by God. And it has substantial value because we are all created in the image of God. We are the only of creation that is like that too. And Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Mm-hmm. Now, this is talking to the prophet Jeremiah, but it is a good example of showing that God considers us people before we're born. Yes. Before we're even formed in the womb, before our parents are even thinking about us, mm-hmm. God knows who we are. Mm-hmm. Because God has, he, he's omniscient. He knows all things at all point in time. Mm-hmm. And so he knows every single person mm-hmm. ever created because yes. he created us all starting all the way back in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And you know, when he created us in Genesis, he gave us a command. He said to be fruitful and multiply. So when we abort our children, we are disobeying God's first commandment that he gave to man. And what is disobedience to God but sin? Yes. Uh, Psalm 127, this is one of our favorite verses. Psalm 127, starting in verse 3, says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, Mm -hmm. offspring a reward from him. I know that there are probably many, 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 many people who have never heard that verse. Because if you look at the way our society treats children, they are not seen as a blessing, but a burden. Even, I mean, one example is how restaurants treat families with small children. It's becoming more popular for trendy restaurants to ban certain children, uh, family groups. Uh, for the sake of the other customers who may have a problem with all the noise. Mm-hmm. And you know what else is really neat about this verse? It continues on in verse 4. says, Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. And verse 5 says, Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So God is all about big families. Yes. We, you know, that that's why we're having a big family. Yes. No, actually... We, we've got our own personal story as to why we are having kids as the Lord allows. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes back to when we were first married. We had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And then for four years, we, we couldn't have children. We, the Lord did not allow us to have children for four years. And then he opened the floodgates. And it's been pretty much yearly since. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we realized how wonderful children were when we couldn't have them. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to take that away. We don't want to take that blessing away by, you know, doing things contrary to God's will, his nature. Mm-hmm. And that... um doesn't necessarily mean that a woman who gets pregnant um, will go, instead of having an abortion, will go home and raise her child. There are circumstances where a mother may have legitimate reason um, to give her baby up for adoption. If she's battling a drug addiction, she's homeless, um, that may uh, um, cause her to consider giving her baby up for adoption. And you know what? There are so many families who would love, love to adopt because they they can't have children or they just, they love children so much that they want to bless a child with a loving home. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we were considering before the Lord allowed us to have children is we were considering adoption. Mm -hmm. And we see adoption all throughout scripture. You know, the Lord adopts us in into his family as children when we repent of our sin and put our trust in Jesus. That's right. Now, is murder ever affirmed in the Bible? What do you mean when you say affirmed? Uh, Praised, encouraged, Mm. celebrated. Well, that depends on what you would consider to be murder. I think it would also depend on who is doing the murdering. Mm -hmm. It it, it, you know, if we see murder in the Bible, is it something uh, can, uh, that God has put his stamp of approval on? Or, you know, Cain and Abel, would we say that that's okay that he murdered his brother? No, God clearly is like, what have you done? Mm-hmm. So again, it context is everything. And like you said, what's the definition of murder? Um, there are times where God has called uh, his people to slaughter a group of people. And it was for a very specific reason. And, and that's why I was being so silent on the answer right away is because you have a lot of people like atheists who bring up that argument. Why would I want to follow a God that tells his people to murder men, women, and children back in the Old Testament? Yes. Well, it wasn't murder. And here's why. Because God is the author of life. Mm -hmm. He gives it and he takes it Mm -hmm. for every human being. Mm -hmm. Not just those that lose their life in war. Not just those that lose their lives in abortion. God knows when your life starts. He knows when your life ends. Because he's the one that gives it and takes it. Mm -hmm. And instead of looking at God uh, with that disdain, we need to think of the scripture that says... Unless you also repent, you will likewise perish. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And Job, the book of Job says, The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So what else can we look at in the Bible regarding abortion? Do we see, let me ask you this. Do we see those who have murdered or those who put themselves above others ever praised or affirmed in the Bible? 
You know, there is a portion of scripture that talks about if um, two men are fighting and one man hits a woman and she loses her child, that that man is responsible for that life. Um, So we see in scripture that God upholds that in the same way that he would uh, the murder of a fully grown person. So we see that it is not uh, commended by God. And that's one of the things that frustrates me about all those denominations that are out there saying, God bless abortion, God bless Planned Parenthood. Scripture and verse for that, please. Amen. Because I'm sorry, you're not following the Bible at that point. You are following your ideologies and frankly it's just twisted it's 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 blasphemy mm-hmm. you are saying that god is condoning something that he has deemed to be wicked yes it goes against his moral law which has been written on every human being's heart when you say that something written in his law that is written on your heart when you say something is wrong or that it that it's okay that god has said it's wrong you are going against God. You are trying to put yourself in place of God by doing that. Or you've made a God of your own imagination. Either way, you're still... still It's the same sin. (laughs) It's the sin of idolatry. Mm -hmm. And I would remind people about Revelation Mm 21.8. It says, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death so don't be deceived murder is wrong abortion is wrong don't let anyone tell you that god thinks abortion is right or okay because it is wrong in every way shape and form and don't let anyone convince you that you can just repent when it's all over because i think that shows your heart attitude right there if you think i'm going to go in there and disobey god and murder my child and i will just say i'm sorry and i can get away with it mm-hmm. it's not okay it shows you're not truly repentant mm-hmm. it's like saying yeah i know i shouldn't be doing this but i'll repent later exactly no the the repentant heart isn't there it shows no love for the lord either it really Mm -hmm. doesn't if you love the lord and you're truly repentant of your sin you wouldn't dare willfully do something that was the reason he was on the cross to begin with Mm -hmm. it's it's upsetting when people try and uh speak well of abortion on in the name of God. It is despicable, deplorable, and I I pity their souls on the day of judgment. Mm. We'll be right back on Faith and Family Radio. Imagine if you could change society's stance on abortion. How do you feel about the issue of abortion? I think in some situations it can be necessary. So have you just changed your mind about abortion? Yeah. Would you have a vote for someone who was for the killing of children in the womb? No. I believe in someone's right to choose. Are you going to change your stance on it? Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely making me think, yeah. I feel like it's more of the, a choice. Yeah, when you put it that way, it does change your mind. Would you vote for someone who is pro-abortion? Yeah. So have you just changed your mind about abortion? Yes, I have. <laughs> I believe that people have the right to choose. So have you just changed your mind about abortion? Yes, I've just changed my mind about abortion. So you're going to vote differently in future? Yeah. 
You mean that? Yeah. Sometimes it's necessary if you're in the situation where you can't support a child. So you're saying that you're changing your mind about yeah. abortion right now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's a woman's right to choose, and every situation is a different situation. So you're going to vote differently and think differently about this? Yeah, I think I would. I think I definitely would. I'm for abortion. It's never okay to kill a baby in the womb. Okay, so you're going to change your mind about abortion? Yes, I am. Are you going to vote differently in the future? Yes, vote against abortion. What was it that changed their minds in a matter of seconds? Find out. Go to 180movie.com for details. You're listening to the Faith and Family Radio Show. Welcome back to the Faith and Family Radio Show. So, regarding abortion, you know, we've been talking about what the Bible says regarding abortion. We've been mentioning the different objections to uh, the objections for abortion. Mm -hmm. We've talked about news stories with abortion and and our personal views on abortion. Mm -hmm. But what about, Elaine, what about the person who has had an abortion? What, what What would you say to them if they have had an abortion or if... Say say they're the dad, you know, mm. what do we say to them? I think what's most important to remember is that you are not outside the scope of God's forgiveness. God can forgive any sin. His, his forg- ability to forgive is not limited. So run to him today while you have breath, because we are not guaranteed another day on this earth. If you're feeling convicted about your abortion, cry out to God in forgiveness and he will have mercy on you. Jesus, he died on the cross to pay the fine that you and I owe. And I'm just as guilty as the woman who murders her child. Mm-hmm. All sin is equally evil in the eyes of God. A holy and righteous judge. Cry out to him for forgiveness. Turn from your sin. Does that mean you can undo your abortion? No. But it does mean that you need to turn from sin and obey God's word, God's way of living. You get pregnant again, don't run back to the clinic. That won't solve anything. Cry out to him. And yeah, that's that's really all I would have to say is just turn to Jesus. Because he is the, the light. He is the only hope we have in this world. And he's the only one that's paid that fine with his blood. That's right. You can't earn God's favor. You can't... Uh, take that guilt and try and do good works, you know, start an orphanage. And I mean, it's good thing to help others do good things, but it doesn't save you on judgment day. Only the blood of Jesus does that. Right. He shed his blood on that cross 2000 years ago Mm -hmm. to pay for our sins. He rose again three days later, defeating death and hell. Mm -hmm. And he offers each and every one of us eternal life. If we repent, turn from our sinfulness, our sinful nature, And we turn to God by placing our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ and what Mm -hmm. he did on that cross. So maybe someone has been considering abortion, Mm -hmm. but now after listening to the show, they've realized that's not the way to go. Mm -hmm. What do they do at that point? What can they do? Is there help for them? There is help. There's definitely help. Lots of it. 
Um, you want to go online, you can find crisis pregnancy centers. There's a website you can go to, Ryan, you have that. Yes, Project Heart Changer. It's put out there by Living Waters. Heartchanger.com. We'll have the link in the show notes. But heartchanger.com, if you go there, it'll have the 180 movie that we talked about. It'll also have a page where you click on get help and it'll tell you about the gospel, which we all need. That's the ultimate problem that we have. It'll talk to you about guidance and help regarding your pregnancy, give you other options, other choices. Mm -hmm. People say that pro-lifers are against choice. No, we're all about choice, giving the baby a choice at life. Um, For other assistance regarding uh, those who have had an abortion, you can those people can go here. People who haven't had an abortion but were thinking about it, they can go here. If you want to put your child up for adoption, you can come to heartchanger.com mm-hmm. and, and get all this information. If you want more information about the pro-life cause, mm-hmm. you, know, you can go here for articles and news stories, stuff like that. What else, honey? Say, say someone has listened to the show and you know, they want to do something about abortion they want to speak out against Mm -hmm. it or you know what what ideas do you have for them to fight against the atrocity Mm -hmm. or the holocaust of abortion well i first just want to commend you if you are feel a burden on your heart to fight for the unborn fight for these mothers um just praise the lord that he's put that burden on you because we this is an area where the laborers are few. Yes. There are not enough people, Christians, out there fighting for these women and their children. Mm-hmm. If you are interested, um, there there's political means which you can fight for the unborn. But the thing I would recommend the most is to go to the clinic, stand, proclaim the gospel, mm-hmm. talk to these women. Um, don't just stand outside singing. Right. I... I I don't want to condemn people who go there. I mean, I that do that is, but it's not the gospel. Right. It's not going to get them saved. It, you're going out to the gates of hell. That's what I call abortion clinics mm-hmm. because it, it is like ministering at the gates of hell. You're not out there to have a church service. Mm-mm. It's not church out there. No. It, it's a it, mission field. It's a mission field. It's a battlefield. It's a war field. Would you have church in the middle of the uh, the war in, in Afghanistan? You know, right there at Ground Zero, would you be having having church service? No. Mm-hmm. Would you share the gospel there? Yeah, you would if you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's what your goal should be there. You know, prayer is nice. You you should be praying while you're there, mm-hmm. but just praying will not save souls. And I just want to preface, um, Ryan, this whole talk by um, just encouraging anyone who would go out to be careful to know what the laws are in your area. Because abortion clinics love loopholes, love fine print, and will find a way to get you off their property because you are taking away their business, their money. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is an altar to the God of this world, the abortion clinic. And they are not happy when Christians go there and share the gospel. Mm-hmm. They will lie and they will yell. And they will do anything they can mm-hmm. to stop 
you from sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've never seen, you know, going out to the abortion clinic, I, I, a lot of times I see Catholics out there walking around praying. I've never seen them give the Catholics any, any problems mm-hmm. it's because they're not sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's when you share the gospel that they have an issue mm-hmm. because that will change the hearts of these people going in there. Well, do they engage the women at all at the clinic, the Catholics, or is it simply just praying uh, in your experience? On rare occasions, they, they will engage. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically it, it's the 40 day for life people, mm-hmm. you know, they just go there. They, they hold up their sign 40 mm-hmm. days for life or whatever, pray to end abortion. Mm-hmm. And they just walk around and they pray. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not downplaying the power of prayer because no. God has is all-powerful. He can do anything. But the problem I have is that so many people use prayer as an excuse not to step up and do the work that God has called us to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're going to go out to the abortion clinic, we encourage you to pray. Yes. Be prayed up. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, it's the gates of hell. You, there is nothing else in this world like ministering outside of an abortion clinic. It is a totally different atmosphere, a totally different feel. And if the police are called, don't worry. (laughs) If you are within your legal right, you are okay. They, they will call the police on you, Mm -hmm. but it's a scare tactic. Mm -hmm. That's why Elaine, you said, you know, make Mm -hmm. sure you know your laws, your Mm -hmm. rights. You know, don't fight with the police. If they tell you to leave, if they tell you to move, do it. Pick, Fight the battle another day. Mm-hmm. And just remember, because saying all that, Ryan saying all that, I could see many people being um, fearful at this point. You're not going there to give yourself fuzzy feelings and to feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's not what the purpose is. The purpose is to, to help these women, to share the gospel with them, to save those children. You're not going for you. So pick up your your big boots and go out there and fight the battle and trust in the Lord. Yes. Trust in the Lord. And with... if you end up getting thrown in jail, praise the Lord. You've been persecuted for his sake. Mm-hmm. Count it all joy. <laughs> Amen. You got any final words for the listeners, honey? Fight the fight. We need people out there who will fight for these women and their children. We need it it's so lacking just like in evangelism Mm -hmm. step up do what god's called you to do and quit being complacent apathetic and on that note i'll say we're not guiltless no in that aspect we also lack in our efforts at the abortion clinic you know i would love to be out there much more than i am i used to go out weekly to share the gospel at the abortion clinic and now it's maybe once every couple of months and you know i i I hate to admit that um and hopefully doing this show will you know doing this episode will help me to get back out there more frequently and more regularly yes they need you out there honey they need many people out there yes whether it's the abortion clinic here in cincinnati or the one where you are Mm mm-hmm you need to be there, Christian. Preaching need, the biblical gospel. There. Yes. So thanks again for listening. I'm Ryan. And I'm Elaine. May God bless you.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Faith and Family Radio Show. Please share our program with others and leave feedback on social media. Do you have a subject that you'd like us to talk about on a future episode? Let us know at faithfamilyradio.com or by calling 513-900-8070. Thanks for listening and God bless you.